Hey, hey, welcome back. Whole Human Radio Season 2. Megan Blanchard here. I think you're going to love this interview with Peter Feliciano, or you're going to hate it. But hey, it's not my job to make you feel comfortable all the time. I'm only here to open your mind and guide you towards greater internal sovereign truths. So take what resonates, leave the rest. I've got on a different kind of interview today with Peter Feliciano, who I met, stumbled upon, I think accidentally in 2020, maybe 2021, because I woke up, sort of realized I was stuck in this silo or sort of vortex of people that all looked and sounded the same and repeating the same narrative. And it felt sort of inauthentic. And I wanted to go digging for different conversations and different stories and people who were saying different things that were maybe antithetical or, or cult or uh, what's the word politically incorrect or culturally incorrect. And I was sort of curious, intrigued by you and your platform and what you're doing and what you're saying and the conversations that you're having. You're up to a lot. You've got the podcast conservatish and then you've got music that you're up to in into and putting out there. Um, I'm not really sure what else you've got going on. And there's sort of this mishmash of neat sort of stuff going on. And um, I kind of just wanted to have a conversation with you and have some fun talk and then some Peter talk, who is Peter, and also maybe dig into some stuff that people in my space don't really talk about. Um, and we'll and we'll get into that in a few minutes after you kind of introduce yourself. But Awesome. Well, thank you very much for having me on. Yeah. Uh, it's a pleasure. Um, I think we're going to break the internet. Um, so, uh, first things first, uh, yeah, I was born in Long Island, moved out to California when I was nine and then moved in the Bay area and then moved back to Manhattan about uh, a year and a half ago. Um, and, uh, moved out here for the music and, you know, comedy opportunities and for the podcast and things like that. I've been doing music professionally since 2012, 13 ish. Um, I put out my first album, um, in, uh, September. 2019 before I moved out here. And then um, I, but a little before that, about a year and a half before that I had started, how do I get into this? Um, so yeah, I, I, my podcast is called conservatish. Uh, Which I kind of want to ask you about in a little bit too, but sure. we'll, you know. Sure. Uh, uh, but I'll finish talking about how wonderful yeah. I am or whatever. Um, yes. I started it in September of 2018, maybe August uh, because I was annoyed I had the same exact feeling that you're having, it seems like. Uh, I had been doing music for a long time. I had been just assumed that liberalness was the right way because I think that's normal when you're in your 20s. And <laughs> um, and uh, and I hit a point, um, I think it was after the 2016 election when I, you know, I had voted for, for Bernie and then begrudgingly for Hillary. And then I hit this point where on that night when Trump won, uh, a recently ex-girlfriend called me and she was crying and she was really scared and really just um, destroyed by it. And I had this point where I was like, even though I didn't vote for the guy um, and I didn't like him at the same time, I was, I had this feeling come over me. Like, I don't think it's that bad. Like, it's probably going to be all right. Like, I mean, it's just a president, you know, like there's a lot of, you know, um, whatever. It's just, we won't, we won't get our way for four years is essentially, I mean, that's all I feel kind of what's going on with Biden. I don't, I don't, I didn't vote for the guy, but, uh, and I certainly don't want him to be president, but at the same time, it's not, it's not as much the end of the world every five seconds, just because the guy I don't like is in, is in, uh, is in that position. Anyway, um, the person who opened it up for me, cause I've always kind of been a bit uh, rebellious and uh, contrarian. And I like anytime Anytime a large percentage of people all 100% agrees with something, I immediately, I'm like, I'd look askance at it. My favorite comedians, my favorite artists, my favorite, it's always been like Frank Zappa, who shot it everywhere. Uh, South Park, everybody got a bullet. You know, nobody, it wasn't one message. It wasn't, you know. Um, and um, and I hit a point where uh, I saw Milo Yiannopoulos online and everybody was like, he's Satan, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't let me let me just find out for myself if he's Satan. And so I looked at his videos and I started realizing, like, I don't I don't disagree with most of what he's saying. You know what I mean? And uh, obviously he's kind of spun off in his own direction these days. Uh, but um, watching his videos opened me up to the idea of um, 
as far as politics go, how complicated things are, how complicated mm-hmm. we are. Mm-hmm. Um, along with that, um, yeah, I don't know. I, and so I, I uh, ultimately, I reached a point where I was already starting work on my on my first album, and I had been annoyed with the messaging that we all have to fall in line. We all have to fall in stuff. Cause that's not, like you said, that's not authentic, regardless of what, what Avenue, regardless of what's bad. I like, uh, you know, I know a lot of bad people, you know what I mean? Like not bad, but I know a lot of people who have done some horrendous things. I'm one of them, you know? Um, and so the black and white, everybody has to b- believe with us. Everybody has to agree with us. And I, I just got annoyed with it. And so eventually um, after Milo, it yet led me into Jordan Peterson. It led me into Camille Paglia, who is one of my favorites. Uh, if you don't get a chance, if you haven't had a chance to listen to Camille Paglia, please do. Okay. Um, and, uh, and so I decided, you know, I, I love to rant and I love to joke freely and I wanted a space to do that. And I also wanted a space to humanize non-liberals, you know, um, I mean, humanize people from all walks of life, but especially non-liberals. So is that so that's kind of when you started the the Instagram page and how I found is that's where I found you primarily is through your Instagram not the the podcast first is that kind of what you're saying that's when you started sort of speaking out or or doing the the talking about the stuff that you talk about on your Instagram basically yeah yeah I actually okay. started years ago older fans will remember um, uh, I started with controversial opinion Wednesday and I started off light you know I started off like. Uh, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire is better than the Isley Brothers. You know what I mean? Things like that. Um, but eventually, we yeah. the point where I was, like, <laughs> I didn't want it to just be on on Wednesdays. And, and my Instagram has kind of been everywhere. This is what's fucking strange about my experience. And I, who knows what transition? It's all organic. But I don't want to be one brand. I don't. I don't. Yeah, yeah, and that's a problem that I find that I get stuck. That's a that's a that's where I've found myself is like, I, I can I speak to this without offending all these people? Or it it does become very limiting, and then you feel yourself fighting against yourself, and then doubting yourself and questioning yourself. And I think that's what I admire you about. I'm like, I don't really know exactly what your platform's about, other than you're being you, and which is why I'm drawn to you, and you're. No, I wouldn't say slightly controversial. It depends on what groups you're in, it, whether or not you're controversial or not. Um, I don't find you controversial, but I know that in the grand, greater scheme of, you know, liberalism and and because the the space that I'm in is like spiritual and trauma um, informed coaching and healers and therapists, you're controversial in that space. Um there's very few people that I can talk to about what I actually really think. And I, and I don't, and I don't want to make this necessarily a political conversation. I'd love to go to the cultural stuff that you're speaking to, but I, it's funny because I don't even know it's because people still try to define, and maybe you have had this experience too. People want to try and pigeonhole you as, are you Republican? Are you Democrat? I'm like, I'm trans political. I freaking think for myself, you know what I mean? Right. And, and, and it's like, and I distrust anyone who is all on board or completely exalts one person, one side all the time and cannot criticize them as well. And so anyway, that seemed, kind of seems like you're, I mean, you're, you are who you are. I love that you're putting yourself out there in the way that you're putting yourself out there. You're probably not everyone's flavor of ice cream, which is fine because when you're trying to be everyone's flavor of ice cream, back to your point, you're not going to, you know, draw in your tribe. Um but so primarily you're just using your platform then to kind of like speak your mind and what's on your heart and then kind of get your music out there and your podcast out there. Is there like an end? Is there kind of like a bigger picture for you, Peter? Or is there, are you just sort of walking along doing your thing and the next no, thing? That- I would say, I would say uh, the end goal would probably be to rule the world. Uh, I want to be, <laughs> I want to be violently famous. So that's what I, <laughs> um, I don't believe that, I don't believe that, uh, I don't know, because this is another, maybe another uh, avenue in the spiritual realm, but like, um, I, I kind of feel like, let's be honest about what we want, right? And mm-hmm. um, I've known a lot of musicians and artists and rappers and whatever over the years who are faux humble and like, oh no, I just want to be a, a worker. Like, you know how a lot, you know how many people I have met who could do something huge, who are talented, who are uh, uh, even generous and kind, but uh, you're fine with cussing, right? Yes. Okay. But do not have the fucking balls 
to actually do it. They want to stay in San Francisco. Let's be real. If you want to actually do this art thing that I'm doing, you have to be in New York or Los Angeles. Um, They want to stay in San Francisco and just, you know, I'm a journeyman. How long are you going to be a journeyman? You know what I mean? Like, and so I, I don't want to do that anymore. I, I realized this is my technically probably my only life. And if this is technically my only life, I actually want to enjoy it. I actually mm-hmm. want to enjoy it. I, I want to do what I'm actually supposed to be do. I, I, I want to be, I want to fulfill what I'm designed to do. Now they, that, that doesn't mean get expectations. That doesn't mean, you know, although I do, um, that doesn't mean, you know, you know, get yeah. expectations, blah, blah, blah. But a closed mouth doesn't get fed. And, and uh, so ultimately my goal is to just do exactly what I want to do. Um, put out music, make music. But I also, the thing about the music thing is I didn't want my messages, my art, whatever it is, to be confined to three verses and a chorus. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want to just, and it has to rhyme. Like I, I, I love music. It's my first love and it always will be my main love. But I like especially with conversations like ours, long form conversations, you can really get into the meat of it. You can really get more vulnerable. You can really pull apart these things, explore them, understand the nuance, the complication, whatever. So, um, but to your point earlier, like I'm too conservative for the liberals and I'm too liberal for the conservatives, you know, and and I kind of like that about me. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, does that has, do you feel like that in any way, shape or form has closed doors for you because you're not fitting into a mold yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, when I look at uh, the people even who got me into it um, for a while, there was Steven Crowder and uh, and Ben Shapiro. I mean, I always was like, all right, all right, I get it. You know, but they're yeah. a specific brand, whether you hate them or love them, they're a specific brand and they're not funny. Um, and right. I wanted to be like, couldn't there be a space where, and I've met a couple of these people along this journey, especially the last year um, who you know, maybe voted Trump, but also think it's okay to talk about eating ass. You know what I mean? Like who who voted Trump, but also talk about porn and talk about, you know, and, and put funny above message. You know, I'm, I'm laughing at Trump jokes. I, you know, I, there's, there's comedians who I know I disagree with, who I respect first and foremost. Bonnie McFarlane is a perfect example. I will always adore her, regardless of her, her horrendous political opinions. <laughs> Love you, Bonnie. But uh, I will always adore her because she's funny. And that's, you know, I think that's the goal is whatever connects us, you know, and um, and so I try to. Yeah, I think it's a problem in our society where people just automatically. And I'm not saying that I haven't been guilty of this, but they automatically just dis- dismiss someone, delete them, block them, unfollow them, whatever, because they don't they 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 decide they're all bad just because they don't agree with everything they say. Right. Like there's. And and that's how I feel about a lot of the people that I'm plugged into that are more, I, I don't want to, I, I don't even know what conservative means anymore. My best, I, I'm more freedom loving America first. I'm a critical thinker. I'm pr- very progressive and liberal when it comes to social stuff. But, um, you know, I'm not going to just completely dismiss, let's say everything Candace Owens is saying, even though she's a very controversial figure, I don't love the way she delivers some stuff, but she's got a lot of valid points. She's got a lot of valid points. I don't have to love Candace Owens to say she's speaking some truth. So, you know, and if that gets, you know, me in trouble, I don't fucking care guys. Like, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that, so people haven't, that's, and that, I don't know if that's a function of social media these days. And we get stuck into these silos or these sort of echo chambers. And then, and, or honestly, as a coach and a trauma informed coach, I think it's more of a function of emotional immaturity, our trauma. We need everyone to look, taste, smell like us in order to feel safe. We need to, you know, we're more, we're still stuck in tribalism as opposed to authentic individuality and trusting that that is okay. Anyway, I could go off on a lot of, um, a soapbox, um, and I don't want to, but anyway, so yeah, there's, I love, so I love that you brought that up, That you like, look, we can, we can see people appreciate them for the art or for whatever it is that they're saying or doing and also disagree with them, but still say, Hey, like I can eat dinner with you. I can have a conversation with you. I can watch your movie. I can, I know I don't necessarily want, I I'm trying to think of some situation where, you know, I'm like, you know what? Like that person just seems super lame. I can't follow you anymore. <laughs> right. Right. Trevor Noah. I, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to ruin that motherfucker. I swear to God. And I think the main reason 
is not because he's very popular, because he's not. He's not. Look at the ratings, everybody. Since, right. since, since he took over right. for Jon Stewart, it's been steadily going down. I don't care if Comedy Central gave him 15 extra minutes to his fucking show or not. He's not popular. And we all, I personally believe, we all know it. We all subconsciously understand. We don't know why. We don't. We can't articulate it. And right-leaning people don't articulate it the right way. They say, not a patriot or he's stupid. Right, right. I want to get down to the root. The root is he puts message above art. The root is it's coming from a place of fear, anger, revenge, whatever, just like you're saying. And Mm -hmm. um, so I'm on a mission to just tell everybody what they're already feeling. (laughs) Um, So then, so you kind of gave us kind of a, an, you know, where, who Peter is. So what, what, and, and what your sort of mission is, but um, you, you talk a lot on your, your social media about some of this juicy cultural stuff that I really have shied away from, but a lot of it, I think I might've found you around the, some of the BLM stuff and some of the ra- some of this racism stuff, you know, everyone's racist, um, you know, the whole white privilege to me, it's, there's a lot of white guilt going on. Um, Anyway, so I'd love to dig into some cultural topics with you and maybe um, take it there with yeah. you. Because um, you're, so you're, what's your background, ethnic background? Because you're, you don't consider, where, where are you? Do we have to have this conversation? Why? See, I even get uncomfortable. No, 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 no. Yes, we do. Here's why. Here's why. If you're going to play the identity politics game, liberals, I, I can fucking beat you. That's why if you're if someone comes to me with the identity politics game, especially rough and ready, I'm happy to play the game. Did you know how many white the, the only people have really been called Nazi by are white men? And I'm not white. So white woke women. I heard this on a podcast um, with a Camille Foster. He's a he's a black man. And there was a bunch of it's it's a great podcast. I haven't listened to it in a while, but he and a bunch of other they're called it's intellectual dark web. I'm plugged into a bunch of these really intelligent thought leaders, black happen to be black men. And they were like, white woke women are the cancer of society. And I was yes. like, Hey, <laughs> fucking yes. but, hey. But, <laughs> but do you know why? Do I know why? Well, let's talk about why, why do you think it is? I think if I have to look at some of the, so I don't want to, the white women that I know that I feel like fit that, that mold, that generalization, I feel like, I feel like there's some lack of self-understanding. So I feel like there's trauma in the background. I feel like there's some apologetics and guilt. I feel like there is some privilege that they feel guilty about. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like, um, fear of, of, of going against, the narrative or the norm, like, well, then I'll be a bad human or bad white woman or bad, whatever. So it's, it's, it's all those things. If I just had to give you like a quick answer without sitting back and thinking about it and giving you some sort of psychological dissertation right now, I in particular, I guess, because I didn't grow up. I mean, someone else, someone would probably argue with this, but I didn't grow up privileged. My, My family was very poor. Most of the schools I went to white was the minority. I was used to being so like, I don't have any, like I, my first ba- boyfriend was black. I've dated black, Hispanic, Persian, you know, all the people. And I've never, and I actually was taught not to think about color. So only in the past few years have I felt like I had to think about it. Right. Like all of a sudden I'm like, shit, am I racist? Fuck. Am I, what is my white privilege? Like, do I need it? And then I, anyway, so I don't know why I just went off on that tangent, but um, that's that is why this is an awkward conversation for me because I've never had to have this fucking conversation before in my whole time, and I'm 42 right. years old. Right? Maybe when someone, when someone, because it's always going to be a white woman who's. Um, there's a couple of black women who are doing it. They're the one. How do I, which which tangent should I go on? That's the fucking question. So all of them underneath underneath the white women thing. Let's be real. From your experience, because you you dig into sex, you dig into masculinity, femininity, all that stuff. We have different strengths, ladies and gentlemen, and Zers, okay. we have different strengths. And thank fucking God for women. Thank fucking God for not just the way you smell, but the way, <laughs> yeah. but the way 
the way that someone needs to fucking kiss the boo-boos, take care of the baby. You're just better at certain things than we are. You're stronger, but not physically muscle, but just as far as pain, as far as like when someone, and Patrice always made that joke, when, when he's sick, his girlfriend was like doting and like trying to take it, you know, when, when his girlfriend is sick, he's like, ew, bitch, close the door. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a different, we have different strengths. One of the things you're not strong at ladies, I love you. One of the things you're not strong at is putting is principles and logic. Now, no, 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 no. I know. Cause you're all going to go, eh, eh. but listen, listen, girls, I love you very much, but Someone needs to kill the wolf. Someone needs to be the masculine one. Mm-hmm. When females, when emotion, and this is the same thing with, with, with children, with dogs, whatever, with my ego, when feeling is running the show, sometimes that's useful, sometimes that's important, sometimes that's powerful. But when feeling is running the show, we can't, we don't, some, I mean, we can't live. I don't want to go to work, but someone has to, right? If I just went by my feelings, we, I, you know. Right. And one of the things that I always say is if fem- and if if femininity is losing its fucking mind, it's not girls' problem. It's our problem. It's masculinity. It's a lack of masculinity. It's a lack of boundaries. It's a lack of logic. It's a lack of um, uh, willingness to have uncomfortable conversations. It's an unwillingness. It's a fear of rejection from a female. So you know what? I'll put I'll put my voice. I'll put my power. I'll put it in my pocket and I'll shove it down. I'll shove down my desire to say shut the fuck up to this woman. I'll just push that down because she might take away the vagina. She might take away her love and approval and attention. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tamp down tamp down my animal. And what happens when that goes down is then the females are like, well, someone needs. How can we've heard it all the time for the last 25 years plus? Where are all the good guys? Where are all the good guys? We got rid of them. We got rid of them because we're scared of you. And you know what? God damn it. I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed. I'm done being scared of white women. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with, oh, she might not fuck me, bitch. Do you know how many wonderful women I've been with? Most, and this is another thing. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> this is a very different episode than you're probably used to. But here's the thing. I love it. Here's the thing. Almost every woman I've ever dated has been liberal. But for some reason, when they're in, when they're in a, a uh, whether it be a relationship or, you know, labeled or not, when they're with me, for some reason, that override happens where they're like, they can feel my energy. I'm refreshing. They understand what I'm trying to say. I'm not afraid of them. And they like that I'm not afraid of them. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. but they also know that they're safe, but they also know that they're safe. Right. 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 They also right. know that they're heard. They also know they're taken care of, blah, blah, blah. Um, but when you're afraid, I think what, all right, let me focus on one thing at a goddamn time. All I'm saying is when, um, I, I've been saying it recently, <laughs> let's just ramp up the offensiveness. I think women, for, for the most part, for the most part, especially when things are good, for the most part, women have principles based on emotion that they feel right now. A lot of women would say, I would never laugh at a rape joke. If they're in a comedy club, lights are down. They know they're not being watched. Suddenly they're riding the emotion, the energy wave of the room. They're laugh, 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 laugh. Suddenly a rape joke comes and they, they laugh. But if they left the room and someone with a clipboard said, ma'am, would you ever laugh at a rape joke? They would say, no, no, I would never. Right. And that's important. Someone needs to think about the little guy. Someone needs to do that. Someone needs to take care of us. But at the same time, we can't live only by that. I know a lot of really selfish, uh, hurtful black people, selfish, hurtful white people, selfish, hurtful Latinos, selfish, hurtful gays. You know what I mean? And I think to your point, what happens is when liberals in general, especially Los Angeles and New York, when you don't know enough of a certain type of person, they become dehumanized. And just because we put them on a pedestal doesn't mean they're not dehumanized. You know what I mean? I've, because I'm, so I'm 19 years sober and my experiences have been volunteering at prison since 2011. I know black people who have murdered people. I know illegals who have murdered people. Now they've changed their life around, but to say black skin equals good, or let me, let me write off this black person's behavior because the white man did, did it to them. Fuck you. That's, that's, that's dehumanizing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so right. 
Yeah. No. So I think, I think what you're saying is that the, 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 the lack of law, and I totally agree with you there, there tends to be, and that's just to me in all the liberal spaces, like a lack of use, like, like I always, I love the whole saying, you know, my facts don't care about your feelings. And I, and I'm, and I'm a very feminine, emotional, nurturing, empathetic being. I've had to learn how to use it pro- appropriately in this lifetime, but I'm also the way my brain is wired, very, very logical, like drove my mother crazy growing up and explained to her why the Easter bunny wasn't real when I was four years old, because there was no, anyway, so logic. So I've always been able to kind of bring logic into the emotion, emotional stuff. And which I think is, is great. I think there should be a balance. And I think we do need to kind of check like, where is this stuff coming from? But I, but at the end of the day, to be honest with you, Peter, a lot of liberals think they have the facts and they think they're being logical and they think they're being rational. I don't know, you know, why they, but anyway, so yeah, so that's, that's the white woke woman, why they're cancerous. Um, but you said something about the white men, the, oh, only, oh, cause we, I'd asked you what we were talking about identity politics and what's your ethnic background. We never even got to that. Oh, right. Um, so I'm, I'm 50% Puerto Rican, um, which I know you've never met any before. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, cause they only, they're only from New York. Um, and, uh, then four, three, four ish percent black. And then the rest, uh, German and Eng- uh, German and, uh, English. Yeah. Okay. On okay. My, on my other person on my mom's side. Um, so maybe it's partially that, that I don't like identity politics. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the fact that I've been in New York and California. So I know kind of some of the extremes of the American, whatever. I don't know what it is. I like hip hop and I like metal and I like bluegrass. I like breaking down boundaries. I've heard this a lot recently. Are you an astrology person? Yes. Of course, of course. Uh, so I'm a Gemini. And, I, and okay. I've heard, yeah. And I've heard that a lot recently. Most of the astrology girls, when I say I'm a Gemini, they're like, oh, that explains so much, you know. Um, well, actually, in astrology, you're my polar opposite. I'm Sagittarius. And so you and I, while we're, we're opposite, but we're both dual signs and we have a lot to learn from each other. Like you bring stuff to the table that I need to learn and vice versa. Interesting. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also, I, th- I think you'll probably have those nipples that are like a little see-through because of the red hair. Like it makes this. this... <laughs> You're not answering that question. <laughs> I am me. I had to do it. Um, now, <laughs> as far as, as far as why I play the identity politics game, because if you're going to come in swinging, if liberals are going to come in swinging on, but you don't understand, I'm going to, okay, well, don't white explain to me, liberal devil. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, you know, how dare you speak down to me? But it's finally wonderful. They've been showing more of their true colors when Tim Scott, uh, 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 I love that. Did you see that that last week? No. Oh. He's uh, Jimmy Kimmel as an example. I mean, a bunch of people were calling him an um, Uncle Tom, but. Uh, Jimmy. Kimmel. Oh yes, 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 yes. I did see. That. I'm sorry. I've been, I've been, I've been trying not to scroll as, but I did see that what they, what they did the black senator. Is that what you're yeah. talking about? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel was making fun of him because he was the only black Republican uh, senator. Do you know how many Democrat senators there are? Two. Um. So. Uh. But also, it's so. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. It's just terrifying to me. And I've seen that so much over the past 12 months, 16, 18 months. The white splaining to to whatever group is supposedly oppressed or whatever, like this white person screaming at a black Trump supporter, like how oppressed they are. And I'm just like, how fucking racist can you be? Like, so black people or minority groups cannot think for them fucking selves? Like, and I know... I know that maybe they're not representative of the majority of, because I want to be real careful, you know, maybe they're not the majority of liberals or Democrats, but they're the fucking loudest and they're all over the media and all over social media. So it's what we, so I'm sorry. And it's, and it's offensive and I don't see anyone speaking out against it. That is liberal or that identifies as liberal. Right. And you're absolutely right. It is not the majority, but here's the thing about current day liberalism. That's the problem. Right now, there are people in my, even people I follow, conservatives who I follow, who I do not agree with. I'm sorry, I don't believe there's a motherfucking chip in the, in the, in the vaccine. Sorry, guys. 
Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, but also, yeah. I won't unfollow them, but whatever. You know, and and we all have our different strengths and whatever. It's complicated. <laughs> there is nothing built into current day conservatism that makes me need to bend to the will of the most extreme. But there is something in current day liberalism that has to bend to the will of the most extreme because it's all based on victimhood. You don't, right. I mean, Camille Paglia tells a beautiful story and she was a first wave feminist, second wave feminist back in, like she had just come out of the 50s. She tells a story. She had just come out of the 50s, which were super patronizing and, and, and just horrible to women because it was like she went to school and in, in college, women had a curfew and men didn't because we were protecting women from being raped, right? So we, you had to come home at 9 p.m. or 8 p.m. while the men could go be free. And she wanted to go against that. She, she you know, became a, a, pretty, a pretty vocal um, uh, feminist. And then feminism lost her mind. And one of the ways that feminism lost its mind, she tells a story about being at a conference, I believe in the late 80s, early 90s, where it's a feminism conference. And then there's a breakoff group because, well, you don't understand because I'm a, I'm a lesbian feminist. Your experience can't be what mine is because I'm a lesbian feminist. And so it breaks off into a smaller group. And then there's certain people in there who are like, yeah, but I'm, I'm an overweight, I'm an obese lesbian feminist. So you don't understand. And so it had to break off into a smaller group. And then you don't understand because I'm a black obese feminist, lesbian feminist. And so it had to break off. And so there's warring factions because emotion is the problem because victim, just like, in, let's go spiritual with it. When I'm looking for, uh, um, to fulfill my fear, that is an insatiable goal. When I'm coming from a place of fear, I'm going to grab anything I can, regardless of the blood that it causes, because I'm filling an empty space. I'm trying to find comfort. And so that will always happen, right? So it's, that's what's going back to that idea. That's what's built into current day liberalism. Even people in the center on the left, I, the, the majority of the people who follow me, I think are somewhere on there. You know what I mean? Or well, a lot of people on the right, but anyway, a lot of the people I've been getting secretive messages, secretive comments, whatever, saying like, I didn't vote Trump. I hated Trump, but my side's going crazy. Hmm. Then why do you keep voting for him? Like, why do you keep voting? Why do you keep giving the keys and the money and the power to the people who are going to kill comedy, killing art, killing free speech, racist as fuck? Okay, why are you doing that? But I don't know, because orange man bad. Wake up, goddammit. Get out of emotion, please, for the love of God. And that's identity politics is the hill I will die on. It is the hill I will die on. When I saw George Floyd and all that stuff happen, and then a bunch of white people, mostly white people said, white people don't get to have a say right now. White people need to shut up. I was like, Abs I will never let them forget that. I will never let them forget that. Because I'm 45% white. Does that mean I don't get to talk 45% of the time? Asshole. Yeah, there's a, there's so much. I mean, you and I could probably have a whole nother conversation about this stuff. Um, there's, there's so much, there was something that you said that triggered something, um, around the fear and the identity politics. Um, I also think there is like this need be, to, 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 there's, I, there's tribalism, which I think feed, which definitely is feeding into or part of, or underneath, you know, there's this lack of, if I don't have a collective or a tribe that I can identify with, then who am I? Which is, I think really, and, and then there's also this need to blame, like to always, and I get it. it there's a lot of trauma-informed coaches that I'm going to probably piss off, but I don't care. I'd rather <laughs> piss off some people or maybe make you think critically about this, but because like in the trauma-informed space, so let's, so we can just be clear. And if you didn't listen to my first season, um, in the trauma-informed space, what we're always doing is we're digging into where the trauma came from, right? So how how we in, how we interpreted or made meaning of our world as young children, as young people who didn't necessarily have a lot of or full rational brain development yet, right? And so your 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 sensory, your all of your brain is really um, survival and emotional based, right? You're very egocentric. You don't really have the ability to separate yourself from whoever is creating the trauma anyway. So how we interpret our world, how we make meaning of our world, there's these events, right? That do create issues in our lives. We have to look at that stuff in order to heal. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get into the space 
years ago and why I started whole human and whole human radio, but, and I'm, and I'm coming full circle with this for some reason, the trauma informed space has gone all the way from don't ever look at what happened to you to your lived experience is the only thing that's real. And my whole thing is, is like, yeah, someone else maybe inflicted the trauma on me. Like, let's, like, let's just say, cause this, this ties into identity politics because of a lot of the narrative that's going on around like the black, the black oppression, the white people, the white privilege, the white people oppressing people. And it's like, I need to be able to see all these white people as the reason why I am where I'm at. And that's not, that's not the only level of truth. It's important to acknowledge if someone has hurt you. It's important to acknowledge that there's been some trauma, but these white liberals, they've taken it to that's, that's the end all be all. There's no personal responsibility, I guess is where I'm trying to get at. And there is no ability to sort of healthfully detach and see like, okay, I have to process through my own stuff, but I can't hold every single person accountable around me or expect to change. I mean, first of all, you're powerless. You can't change people. Is this, an, is, it, is any of this making sense? Sorry. I feel like I've gone on a bit, no, of, no, no, a bit no, no, of a tangent. Absolutely. No, I absolutely get it. Um, And so yeah, there's this, that we want to blame everybody else for our woes and for why our life's not working out and for why we don't have what we don't have. But the truth of the matter is, is there's a lot of reasons why we don't have what we want, you, you know, in life. There could be some of it, it could, some of it could be like, you didn't get a leg up, like some other person did. Some of it could just be like, that's not your dharma or your karma in this lifetime. Some of it could be, are you doing the work that you need to be doing? Like, and I'm not going to stop doing the work that I need to be doing just because you know, Jane Doe has maybe an easier life than me. Like there's a really disempowered narrative, I guess is the best way to say it. That's like permeated this sort of mainstream narrative. And I'm like, if we keep feeding people a disempowered narrative, of course, they're going to stay disempowered. Right. Of course, if we keep telling you you're a victim, you're going to stay a victim. Right. Anyway, I don't know if that added to any added to what you said or not um it does, yeah i've so um to i get the, oh, sorry one last thing and i think that's what what i did want to ask you is when you touched on the feminism it's like we it's like we this is the issue and maybe you agree with this i don't know how old you are but i feel like there's these pendulum swings that are really dangerous we go from one extreme to another and i would just i mean do you feel like we can ever get to a point where there's some balance, like where the feminine is balanced out by the masculine or some of these, or some people just incapable, I guess. Um, I don't know. I have this weird intuition that as far as evolution goes, we're always going to keep doing this in a way. Mm -hmm. And people like me, and this is the thing maybe to some of the, you know, conservatives who follow me, where I don't think everything would be wonderful if everybody was conservative. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I just right. don't, but people like me, and it sounds like people like you, we help the pendulum swing back a little bit, but there's never, I don't think, cause I think we're just a weird kind of animal where I think we're kind of built this way to always kind of be in flux. Now it's gotten better, a lot less rape, everybody. I just have to let everybody know. Cause a lot of people don't like to do their own research. Um, since 1991, crime has dropped literally upwards of 70%. So we're getting better, okay? Um, except in certain parts of the world. South Africa, you are four more times likely to be raped than America. So, um, uh, so but we're getting better. The, 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 you know, the pendulum is swinging. And I, I kind of feel like maybe it'll always be like this. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to agree with you. I think we've evolved in a lot of ways, in some ways and other ways. I think we still have a long, long way to go. And I don't believe, you know, I always am looking at like the beliefs that filter my world. Like what beliefs do I have that kind of are how I filter my world? And I'm not an idealist. I don't believe in utopia. Mm. Um, I, you know, I basically believe that people are inherently good, but I also believe that some people are just shitty assholes, you know, and you know, there's, um, I, I believe a little bit more in individualism. I think 
collect. I mean, I don't think that it should be pure individualism at all. I think we need collectivism. I, I'm, I'm like you. I think we need liberalism and conservatism. But I just, when you've got one side that kind of runs all the institutions, the you know universities, the the media, and the narrative, and 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 the big tech companies and the big corporations, you've got a problem. Basically, things are a little bit out of whack right now. Is what it feels like. Right. And do I think the world's coming to an end? No. I think that I think there's probably more conversations like what you and I are having than what I even know about, but they're just not, we just don't get to see them, which is why I wanted to have you on to have more of this conversation or to, you know, to invite you into this space to have this kind of conversation. And I think is hard for people to have in this space. I think it is scary to have when you're, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because if you, if you're, I meet and see more spirit, spiritual people, more spiritual people who do think like you and I, um, but you know, for the most part, it sounds like people are kind of towing a line, I guess, if you will. Um, yeah, I, I meet a lot of people and get secret messages from people who I, who have been following me for years, who, who even at certain points have unfollowed me or not wanted to, you know, don't like the politics stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to his music, but I don't want to, you know, um, who will send me messages like, I think you were right. You know what I mean? And I, and it's, and it's heartening, but it's also a little annoying. I'll, I'll say that it's a little annoying because, okay, I, um, I knew what I was getting into. Right. I, it took me a while to like be ready to come out. Like, I mean, I, I was never like, you know, quiet about stuff. You know what I mean? But to be like overt about the fact that no, I'm, I'm. It's called conservatish. You know what I mean? Mostly because it's, it's um, more catchy than the Peter Feliciano show. Um, but, um, but I was overt about it. But like, I don't want to do it either. I don't want to be open about it either. Oh, I can't say that, Pete. I can't say what you say. I can't say that I don't agree one hundred percent with the narrative because I might blah blah blah. I have literally been deplatformed from multiple places. And not because of actually things that I've said, but because of the opinions that I hold. TikTok right. is a perfect example. On TikTok and on Instagram as well, people who disagree with me will will report my posts. I've had on on TikTok specifically. I had two or three uh, posts reported for nudity and sexual activity. What? It's clipped yeah. from a podcast, son. But because liberals all coming from a place of mm, bad person said bad thing. Uh, people somewhere are having a feeling. Let's all change everybody's behavior and speech. Um, they report it and and tech, uh, I don't think as malevolent. I think it's more bureaucracy is already built to just cancel, kill, blah, 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 and not have any customer service space, uh, space yeah. to fix that. And so I've yeah. the platform multiple times. How do you define, do you think conservatism has changed in the last uh 10, 15, 20 years and how do, yeah. And how do you define, and how would you define that? What is the, how are you, how do you see it now as compared to, yeah, say 20 years ago in the eighties or whatever? I don't know. What year are we in? 2021? Whatever. Well, it was, it was, it was before your time, young spring chicken. Um, so uh, I, I kind of like to call it non-liberal. It's a big umbrella. It's a big umbrella. non you know, I, I used to make this joke, like, I'll define Trump supporter for you. I didn't vote for the other guy or yeah. I didn't like the other guy that we used to have this thing before I was even able to vote. We had this thing called the lesser of two evils. And you weighed out all the different options and all the things that are important or not important. And you go, even if I don't like this person, like we were talking about earlier, I don't like Trump as a human being. I don't want to hang out with the dude very much. He'll be actually to tell you the truth. He'd kind of be fun for me. But at the same time, you know, back in the even, you know, a couple of years ago, I was like, no, I don't like him as a person. He's a little slimy, but he didn't wait. L listen to what I'm saying. If you actually liberals, I love you to death. But if you actually care about black people, what's more important? Saying that black lives matter or giving them a shit ton of money and jobs and getting, getting them out of prison. Like what's more important? You know what I'm saying? Like the First Step Act, huge deal. Uh, uh, lowest unemployment in history, huge deal. 
Like, I mean, what's what's more important? The universities. He also something he extended the um, the funding for HBCUs. Uh, yeah, historically, mm-hmm. but yeah, 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 um, yeah. So well, there was something else I wanted to ask you that was interesting. Yeah, it's funny because I I always got a little bit, uh, and I'm gonna do better about this in the future. But people, you can always hear it, and they're like, you know, those Trumpers, like they think that everyone who voted for Trump looks acts exactly the same. And I'm just like, it's so, that's such a limited, shallow way of looking at humans and how people are voting. And and I would be guilty of that if I thought everyone who voted for Biden or Hillary was exactly, or if they all looked like Antifa, right? But like, that's the problem is like, everyone thinks that all Trump supporters look like the dude with the Confederate flag and the big truck trying to run people off the road. And I'm like, do you know how many smart, intelligent people I know who voted for Trump because, you know, that he was more aligned, aligned with their values. Anyway, and I was one of them. I did not vote for him in the, the first time in 2016. I refused to vote for him or for Hillary. I didn't know enough about Trump and I sure as hell wasn't going to vote for Hillary. But, um, and after he'd done some stuff for four years, I voted for him in 2020. Anyway, the, you know, whatever. It's like, if you're going to vote on principle, there's no one to vote. If you're going to vote on like, who's the like perfectly clean guy, you're, you're, there's no one to vote for. And as far as I'm concerned, and I've always said this, I would rather have my shit show up in front for everyone to see than be hidden in the shadows somewhere. So you anyway. do, so you do like Gemini's. <laughs> no, that's exactly my experience as well. And as far as the definition of conservative, I don't know any, I don't know. I know maybe one out of tons of people that I talk to about politics and blah, 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 and culture and blah, 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 that didn't vote for him in 20 or that, um, that voted for him in 2016 and didn't vote for him in 2020. I don't know any, but I know the majority of the people that I know who voted for Trump in 2020 didn't vote for him in 2016. Yeah. The majority. Right. And when I saw a bunch of people last year, white people don't get to have a say. That's when I was like, okay, my show for the next couple months is going to be anti that. (laughs) And so I just threw every black Trump supporter, every, every black person who loves cops, every trans Trump, every gay, every, I was just like, no, what about them? What about them? What about them? Do they get, do they have to shut up? You myopic. This is, this is the last thing I'll say to that. I don't know if I said it earlier. I don't think so. But I'm just so magnanimous. I can't stop myself. Um, But there's a point where I think um, you said a lot of these white women, they these white liberal women, they they just don't know enough black people. They don't know enough Trump supporters. Yeah, they live in their bubble. And and there is maybe privilege that they feel guilty for, but they don't understand how complicated and beautiful and wonderful and horrendous and tragic and comedic and, and complicated and slimy and weird that humans are. They right. think black equals good. And the thing that changes that is- Or black knowing, equals oppressed. Or black equals oppressed. The thing that changes that is knowing more motherfucking black people. Mm-hmm. The thing that changes that is knowing more gays. Milk said it perfectly. You, you remember that movie Milk and, and Harvey Milk when he was talking about um, I'm anyway. not a movie buff. Yeah, go okay. ahead. Uh, but it, 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 technically, it was based on a real story. But uh, Harvey Milk was the first uh, gay uh, main politician. Anyway, it's a great, great movie. Even though I don't like Sean's Penn's politics, but anyway. Um, and one of the things he said is, if you want people to be nicer, essentially, or or or, or not hate gay people, more people have to come out of the closet. Because if they know, oh, I know one of them. It's my grocer. It's my sister. It's my cousin. It's my, you know, whatever, my hairdresser. It's my whatever, my antiquer. Uh, <laughs> if I know one of them, it suddenly changes and it complicates and it nuances and it flowers open into this thing of even if you don't, I don't agree with your lifestyle, you can still be like, all right, maybe they shouldn't be all dead, right? Yeah. yeah. So liberals, you need to kind of know more fucking black people. You, you do. You need to, and not just, well, but I follow three black people on Instagram. <laughs> Not good enough. You need to know more. Okay. And probably know more conservatives that are black or Hispanic yeah. or LGBT. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't. I don't honestly know any conservatives, and I follow a lot of them who hate gays. I know. Sorry, it's just not a thing. And just and, and and the majority of them that I follow, all of them want. They don't want trans people to not get their shit. They really are. Hey, do your thing. I'll, whatever. I'll call you whatever you want, but don't tell me I have to call you that. Don't right. give. Don't cut off my son's peepee. Like that's pretty. Right. Simple. You know what I mean? That's all right. it is. Anyway. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I don't think there's anything I can add to that. That would be super. There's so much. Every, when you're talking, I'm, I'm listening so intently. This is one of my issues with interviews. I'm like, then I forget <laughs> what I was going to ask you. Uh, is your music political? Just out of curiosity. Listen no. to one. No, not okay. really. It was about social media. It was something, it was like a social media song. Like you were ripping on, like, it was like a Facebook likes or. Uh... Oh, the, yeah. The me song. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of political, but not really. I mean, yeah. I make fun of, I think the first verse I make fun of, you know, a girl taking pictures, blah, blah, blah. In this yeah. It's more verse... cultural. It's more cultural. Right. And along with that, on the last verse, I make fun of myself, you know, because that's that's ultimately what it is. The reason why I think I'm I'm specifically good at what I do. Part of the reason, besides I'm just amazing, is that I understand myself and I dig into myself. And it has been yeah. that way for a long, long time. And so, because yeah. I understand myself, I can understand people better. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's beautiful the way you said it. And I think the more you dig into yourself and the more you understand yourself, also the more compassion and empathy and understanding you have for all this weirdness that's going on around you. Um, and, and, and the less you see people through these very narrow, very narrow, one-dimensional, shallow lenses. Um, and there, oh, there was something, there was something I was, you were talking about just like exposure being around people. And that's one of the things that I kind of harp on all the time is, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I have such, you know, have, I've had such a beautifully diverse upbring, upbringing. And then where I live in Houston, Texas, it's so diverse. And so it's, that's why I was like, one of those things I've never been taught to think about is identity or culture or whatever. Um, but you can't beat out of people. Like you can't beat people into being more loving or more compassion compassionate or more open or less racist or whatever. Like you're not going to force people. You can't get inside of people's heads and get them to think the way you want them to think and feel like it's just the most, but I guess they don't care about that. I guess they just want, I guess it's just more about compliance um, and punishing people who don't comply is really what it seems like basically. I mean, that's. And what it used to be was the other way. What it used to be was, you know, the PMRC in the eighties and, you know, them wanting to get rid of uh, Ice T because he made a song called cop killer. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they, they used to the the christian conservatives used to be anti-free speech the christian yeah. conservatives used to be the video games are are killing are killing kids you know what i mean but now literally the liberals are saying the video games are killing kids so like it's just it's just a it's a different hat same same fear different hat um and so i think our main fight is against uh is against fear really and that's an individual in, that's a responsible a personal responsibility Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely. Okay. I love this conversation. Um, so what, so after I ask you these sort of, we're going to do like kind of like a lightning round of four sort of fun questions, maybe just three, we'll see how long it takes you to answer them. I'll want you to tell everyone how to, um, get a hold of you, where to find you and all those good things. Um, thank you so much for doing this with me. I do. I've had a blast. You're awesome. Um, so just so people can kind of know a little bit more about you or maybe some fun stuff about you, what's the coolest thing you've ever manifested? manifested now do you mean i i had to think of something that really cool that happened in your life that when you look back you're like wow that's really freaking cool and i kind of created that like i i co-created that that happened because of my own did i ever think about it or or affirm it beforehand i, I wanted to know the no, this is of not woo-woo shit <laughs> let's just say coolest thing you've ever co-created created made happen in your life like the coolest thing it's got to happen it's got to be either moving to, I'll tell you three, because um, uh, I'm never good with not talking. Um, okay. Moving to New York was one of them, across the country, away from, you know, my nest that I had. Uh, and even though, even in spite of the pandemic and everything being shut down, I would have absolutely not changed it. It's been a wonderful thing. Along with that, the... Um, along with that, my album, my first album... Uh, 
this this the more music I make, the less precious it is, and the less you know I have to make it perfect. Um, but uh, that was a lot of fun um, and and really you know important. Um, and then third was um, leaving, um, and there's more to this conversation, but leaving a uh, 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 pretty uh, kind of cultish, emotionally abusive spiritual group that I used to be a part of. Um, uh, it was a very insular, very small, very elitist, and, uh, literally thought that I would, um, drink again if I left it. Uh, and leaving that spiritual group was actually one of the best things I've ever done for myself. And, uh, okay. it grew my own legs and my own balls. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how, you know, when you're really on the road to healing too, is when you're able to disconnect from those kinds of toxic situations too. That's huge. If you could choose one superpower to have in this lifetime, what would it be? Flight. What? Flight. Flight. Mm-hmm. Flight. Really? Okay. Because I'm already, I'm already incredibly strong and smart, so <laughs> I can already. You don't read, really need a lot. I can already yeah. read girls' minds. So. <laughs> um. um yeah, go flight. ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, I think okay. flight would be a blast. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I'm trying to think. I, I think I would want to have the ability to be like invisible. Um. But is it positive or negative more conducive to growth? So the positive things that happen, like when do you positive. feel like the most positive? Positive, positive, positive. Really? positive. Here's what. Um, now, well, do you mean, well, that's a kind of a complicated uh, question. Do you mean negative experiences? Do you mean negative uh, uh, reinforcement? What do you mean? I mean... It could be either. Take it however you want to. Like, so some people feel like that the bad experiences in life can really, really catapult us if we want them to into our own personal evolution and growth and, and you know, deep diving and self-awareness and stuff. But I also feel like there's a ton of growth to be had in the positive things that happen. Like, so that's what was, so it's a kind of an interesting conversation to have. Like, is there one where you've had more growth? Is it from the positive reinforcement or positive things that have happened to you or the positive experiences? Or do you feel like the negative experiences and negative things have created more growth for you in your life? Um, here's what I think. I think we need a little of both at different times in our life. Um, and I think when, or at least from my experience, when I've told myself and, and others in my spiritual walk, this is what I need. Sometimes it's not, you know what I mean? Sometimes I'm setting up a boundary because no, you need to talk to me nice. When in reality, I need strict boundaries. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I, I, I should use some, I could use somebody who is harder on me when in actuality, I'm being way too fucking hard on myself. So I think it's a little bit of both for the last yeah. years for, for, for sure. I've needed, uh, I've needed more um, um, kind of feminine love. You know, I've needed more kind of not maternal, but um, like I've listened to uh, like earlier in my life, I needed someone to like, you know, kind of set up the boundaries where it's like, okay, now brush your teeth. Now, you know, now do this. No, no, don't, don't text that. No, you know, and, and have this boundary. But for the last, I would say probably 10, 15 years, it's been um, Pete, be nicer to yourself. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Open. Yeah. You know. I love that. That's beautiful. I know. I, I I think what you're saying is like, there's like the whole, especially in the personal development self-help space, there's a whole like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, kill your inner bitch. I hear uh, Joe Rogan say that all the time. Like, you got to kill your inner bitch. And I'm like, Joe, sometimes there is a place for like being, especially if you're a type A person, which you probably are like me, like I'm very type A, I'm very disciplined. I can get shit done. And I was so hard on myself for the first 25 maybe 30 years of my life. And I'm really in this beautiful period where I'm really discovering more and more self-compassion and just self-patience. And like, I'm happy, like, and I've, I've created anyway. So I think that's beautiful that as a man, um, that you can kind of see that and, and acknowledge that too. Yeah. And some people use either one. Um, it can, but either one can get interchangeably. Yeah. 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 It can be like, no, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to set boundaries with me because I'm already hard enough on myself. And then the, some people can use the, the strictness, you know, can, can, can absolutely obviously get out of whack. Um, I kind of feel, and this is going to get real fucking hippie for a quick second. Um, I kind of feel like the, the idea of spirit guides, I, for me, I have two. 
one's more masculine and one's more feminine. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Some Thank you so much, Peter. I, <laughs> I want you to tell everyone how they can um, find you, where they can get a hold of you, where they can hear your stuff, where they can see your podcast. Sure. Uh, so my podcast is called Conservatish. It's available iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Um, it's um, usually weekly. For the last like month, I've just been kind of taking a break uh, a little bit. Not not from the show. I've still put out a couple of episodes, but um, you know, I've got uh, more music on the way and stuff. So I've uh, the last. You can find my music. I have a self-titled album with this with this uh, picture on it as the main thing. Um, uh, that came out in September of 2019. I also am putting out a bunch of new music, both on my YouTube, my Spotify, my iTunes. And then I'm also coming out with a uh, cover song next week. I'm doing manic Monday. It's fun. It's but like fast and like, you know, yeah. It's like if you, if you put, took manic Monday, put it in a blender with punk music and bubble gum and neon, that's what it would be like. Okay, um, I can't wait to hear out. this. Thank you. Uh, so it's going to be out. And then also you can uh, support my podcast and my uh, music at patreon.com slash conservatish. Find me on Instagram at Peter underscore Feliciano or at uh, conservatish because I think Instagram is going to cut me off soon. So there you go. <sighs> yeah. Um, you're so brave for moving across the country during a pandemic to like pursue art. I just think that's really, or, or even music for, I mean, you, you are you still shut down up there a little bit it's opening up that's right yes. it's opening up okay you need to come to texas it is yes, so open yes. it's been so open here you know how many people because i keep i'm not I, so many different people who are from texas or vegas or whatever who are like you have to find yourself a hillbilly girl i'm like oh, well i'm open to it shit all these other girls are like you know check out my <laughs> Check out my mom jeans and my, you know, and my in- influencer hat. I'm like, whatever, just fucking. Anyway, sorry, continue. No, it's okay. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Very much. Appreciate it. Okay, we're going to stop.